Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 359th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Kimberly DiVincenzo and Victor Prado. Thanks for being patrons. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today, it's an old school Matt and Oren episode. We're talking about the whole process of booking that big old commercial job of your dreams. We're going step by step through... Um, the process of getting the job, shoot, actually shooting the job, and then what you do afterwards. Orin and I are both coming hot off of pretty cool celebrity-driven jobs, and we thought, oh, it's been a minute since we've really done a step-by-step breakdown. And we'll talk a lot about our process, how um, how we go the extra mile, the way that things have changed for us over the years. And um, yeah, I, I would say looking at our outline, literally every single thing has um has evolved since the last time we talked about this. Yeah, and I think the two projects we're speaking about specifically here kind of involve celebrity talent, and I think that adds another element to what makes this interesting. I think it can also apply to, mm-hmm. to TV, short films, whatever your project is. I w- shot with um an old DP pal, Andy Riz, who's been on the show actually, and it does mostly television, and... um. When we were working on this job, he was like, oh, I love commercials. There's so much more previs. And it was a standard amount of previs. Right. Like, I think you maybe go, and not maybe, I know you go a level deeper in terms of, like, modeling things in 3D and yada, yada, yada. Like, I was shooting video boards, and they were very thorough and specific. But he was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, man, you're working on big TV shows. But the the luxury of putting so much energy into 30 seconds um it's great that's it's one of the special things about commercials so i can't wait to talk to you about every single aspect of it well before we dive into our step-by-step process on commercials i've been dying to know matt what have you been working on lately yeah man i uh, i wanted to talk to you because we both have pretty big writing projects i am deep in uh yet another rewrite on my feature i brought on some new producers they had some really great notes um but uh it kind of turned into open heart surgery it was really like it's a it's a pretty hefty um hefty rewrite which is exciting and good um and i feel i feel like my muscles had kind of atrophied over the years and i'm finally feeling good about the output really the process which is what what i wanted to talk to you about because i've started uh years ago i would wake up really early 
now I have a baby. And so I'm trying to wake up at five every morning to get in a real session before the baby is up and running so that I know that I've gotten a meaningful writing session in. and maybe I can squeeze one in at night or during a nap or whatever. But like my mentality is always like, okay, if you get your creativity out of the way, then you can spend your day housekeeping, so to speak, or work, work, you know, like pitching on jobs, taking meetings, all of that stuff. Um, and you, uh, have a podcast that you have to write. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know about how that is going and what your process has been. How are you regimenting that whole writing process? Uh, overall, it's it's the biggest problem right now is there is no, no process mm-hmm. and no discipline. I, I have the advantage that I have a co-writer, so I have a teammate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd say the work that is easy to do is to just call her on the phone and just talk to say hey i had this idea hey i saw this thing mm-hmm. hey i read this article hey what if we did mm-hmm. this thing or i was driving or the my kids said brainstormy yeah. part yeah, yeah yeah and right now we're working on the outline i think you're working on the script itself right like you're yeah. in the final yeah, draft yeah. or whatever i may i'm kind of like re-outlining again that's that's how gnarly in terms of mm. cracking it open mostly the f- the first half but yeah it's it's um yeah, the outline is the like... The sweater has unraveled, so to speak. Right. On one hand, it's like, you're like, oh, little low pressure because I don't need to, to know everything. I'm like, oh, something happens here. They get in a fight and she goes mm-hmm. outside and she sees this thing, which she mm-hmm. runs back in or this happened. Or, you understand the beats and yeah. the, the specifics you'll get into but next. Yeah, but yeah. then sometimes just sitting down and writing the specifics gives you such great mm-hmm. ideas for the, mm-hmm. for the broader picture. So we're right now, our process... All of last week, I just scheduled like 10 a.m. to like 1 p.m. We're just going to be mm-hmm. working on it. We have a Google um, Doc. For listeners open. at home, it's 11 right now as we're recording this. Yeah, that was last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, this week has been a little rougher because I've yeah, it's been rough. It's rough. doing other things. Well, this this spot that we're going to talk about came out like on Thursday And so I've kind of been trying to promote it a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, anytime a news article comes up or something, it's like very distracting and much easier for me to read that news article than to Mm -hmm. figure out what our show is about. So um, we have our so we're developing this show at Temple Hill. um, And so we have a call on Thursday, every Thursday with uh, Pete Harris, Mm -hmm. our guy there. And um, basically our job is just to tell him where we're at and what's happening. And oddly enough, we don't have like a super solid deadline but mm-hmm. but we have been paid. I, I'm trying to talk about this before, but it's a scripted podcast it's a, about a YA story. And our deal with, remember we had the episode where I asked you if I should get a lawyer or not. And mm-hmm. we ended up going lawyerless. Sure, our deal is not good at all. But um, but what it, ultimately, it's three steps. The first step is we have to turn in an outline and a synopsis. And they're paying us for that. And then once they approve that, we write the pilot. And once they approve that, we get the 11 next episodes. It's going to be 12 20 minute mm-hmm. episodes. Um, uh, have I given you this piece of advice? Um, that uh, you tell me after I give it to you and then okay. you'll know. Um, uh, write quickly. And the reason why is that like uh, a handful of my shows. Oh yes. I sold <laughs> the exec- and then the, the executive gets fired or the branch of the company gets shut down. I'm sure that like, temple hill and audible are around but like things do change up for sure executives move places all that stuff and if you don't 
you know, those open-ended deadlines, sometimes they can... Um, no, for sure. I'm you know. I'm scared of... Ha- I, I was like, can we have a deadline? And he, the, our guy was like, uh, I thought it would be better if you can like do it on your own, like do what, mm-hmm. however much time you need. And I'm like, I don't think that's how my brain works. <laughs> uh, well, and also I think they're trying to like, they know that the amount of money that you have perhaps doesn't sustain you in, t- in its entirety. Right. right. Like no one's expecting you to live a year on the amount of money that you made basically so well that's what i've been talking about flexibility to, to it yeah julia let's say you get ten thousand dollars just to throw out a, a random whole number if it, if you take 10 weeks to write something then you get a thousand dollars a week if you mm-hmm. take two weeks to write it then you got five thousand dollars a week and maybe it's worth it doing it in two weeks just to yeah yeah just to yeah. Put, block everything else out and just do it um in those two weeks you know and then you get some notes mm-hmm. and then you do whatever so well, and that that brings me back to my initial point that, like, unfortunately, writing for uh, five hours straight is less good than writing for one hour every morning, five days in a row. Right. Or at least for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, it, they don't yeah. they don't add up to the same output. Right. No, I find that if we meet up for five hours versus two hours, like the five hour meeting, we mm-hmm. chit chat for three hours and then get some writing done for two hours. Sure. Sure. In the three-hour meeting, we chit-chat for one hour and then get writing done. <laughs> so and, and it's look, the same amount of know, writing no matter how yeah. many hours we meet. And I think it is important to be realistic about what your um, process is. Do you know what I mean? Like when I wake up at 5, I'm not typing at 5.05. Right. You're, you know. you're typing on your coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What bean grind you want. So my goal actually is 5.30 is to be hands on the keyboard. Yeah, um, which is it feels but when does good. your when does your kid wake up dude that's the bummer is that like she's transitioning from two naps to one nap and so depending on our luck she can wake up anywhere between four and seven thirty yeah that's why i stopped doing morning like working in the morning because i would get so into I'd, it would work you know it would take me like 30 mm-hmm. minutes 45 minutes to get into mm-hmm. my flow and then you get five minutes later going, and then you'd hear the cry yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. you know my wife's sleeping so it just it's like am i just gonna keep sitting here uh mm-hmm. while the baby's crying and let it, it just didn't it just didn't work for me but that's why I, that's why i've been going for for five because that feels relatively safe right. i did have a 4 a.m wake up mm-hmm. over the weekend but um but for the most part, it's been working out okay. But it, it's like going to the gym. You just got to keep doing it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We, I find when we force ourselves to do things. So kind of our process now is we'll, we'll get on the phone. We'll talk for two hours. Usually at least 50% of it has to do with like what's happening in our lives and kids and things mm-hmm. and stuff we read or stuff we watched or movies. Uh, and then we will open up. We have a Google Doc that has the outline in it. 12, epi- 12 episodes. And I'm trying to kind of find a theme for each episode. You know, mm-hmm. this one's about transformation. This one's about rejection. This one is about uh, discovery, whatever. And then basically just trying to literally just try to get one word <laughs> out about the mm-hmm. episode that kind of guides us. And we have, you know, these we have these scenes and these set pieces that we're really excited about that we kind of distribute around You're the outline. Around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a lot of times we're like, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen? Like, it just seems big. Like, are we spending too much time on this like C plot when we should be spending more time? Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I'm like, here, I'm just going to write, you know, the bad version or whatever. Okay. She walks mm-hmm. in, she sees the Derek's doing this and she, you know, she can't, she accidentally drops her pills. He turns around and he sees that she's got these drugs or whatever. Like 
literally it can just be the worst scene but then i'll write it and then julie's like eh, i don't like that and she'll go in and she'll rewrite it Fix and it. i'll be like yeah, yeah but yeah. oh what if we do that so it's just like literally putting the stuff down makes such a difference um and it such helps to do that separately so we'll do it for like an hour together and then she'll go and write on it and then i'll go and write on it and then again we'll just start again the next day so it's going but we're sometimes you know because we don't have a super set schedule uh and we have all these other kind of jobs and family mm-hmm. events going on at the same time it's 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 tricky and because the money like you said isn't you know i'm not gonna live off of you know uh, whatever then yeah that literally yeah, yeah. And just to give you an idea of like how the money breaks up it's like if you are developing with a company and you sell to another company then you have to split the money with the company you're developing with and then mm-hmm. if you have a co-writer or something you have to split the money with them so mm-hmm. so even if you even if you sold something bought it yeah, for, for half a million a, dollars yeah uh over the course of three steps so you're getting like mm-hmm. you know two hundred thousand dollars a step you're ultimately mm-hmm. getting like you know 10 grand 20 grand or something which in la uh, you can't quit your job and, and live and support right. a family right. in a house off 20 grand for three months. Right. Right. Um, right. So you have to be kind of hustling on other jobs. Anyhow, it's uh, it's fun, but it, it's, it's cool. It's awesome to be like writing a show and to know that someone is excited to read it. You know, mm-hmm. That's the hardest mm-hmm. part to me about writing is knowing that no one is going to want to read, no. read it, yeah. you know, unless they force them to. Boy, ain't that the truth? Well, um, well, awesome, man! I can't wait to hear more about the show. Congratulations again, uh, and uh, keep us updated on your process. Oh, you too! I hope uh, you have many sleepful nights from your baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you get mm-hmm. stuff done. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, it's been it's been reinvigorating, and um, you know, I think um, our careers were founded on self generation. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that we've we've talked about this many times, but like drifting away from that and. Th- uh, moving towards things that are commissioned more commissioned kind of severs a big part of our business mm. basically you know yeah um so uh, i'm happy to be back into it i do these these breakdown videos on instagram about my work and i feel like that is a little bit of my me getting to make a video about <laughs> sure what i yeah what i've done or me getting to make a post or a graphic or something it's like it's it's still about a commission job, but it I feel like it's a little bit of a self generation and a little bit a part of me. A hundred percent of it. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I I like that point of like self generation can be a social media post, it can be a short film, it can be you know like a, a hilarious spec. family video that you made and yeah. edited in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. Or or a pilot or a TV show or um, a movie. Yeah, yeah. Or All an event above. that you put on. Yeah. Sure. Good point. I like that. Um, awesome. Well, uh, before we hop into our step-by-step breakdown of working with celebrity-driven commercials, I'd like to remind you all to go to patreon.com slash justshootitpod, the place where you can throw us a few bucks to show your support for our show. It's a labor of love. Um, we have uh, some bills to pay on the show, and um, you committing a few dollars every month keeps us going in a very very literal way yeah honestly yesterday we were doing some accounting and we're like uh yeah the patreon is basically <laughs> why why this show what keeps us going yeah yeah 100 uh so we really appreciate it patreon.com slash just shoot it pod and if you uh do even one month at the 20 dollar level you will get a just shoot it hat sent to your home from my home anyhow patreon.com slash just shoot it pod thank you so much 
Let's go on with the show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. So I posted a spot that I recently recently came out and um, uh, a listener of ours named David Patterson commented on my post and he said, is this discussed in your podcast? It would be cool to hear your process from script through post. So Matt and I, uh, who both had kind of similar shoots recently, they're both celebrity driven comedy spots that we had to uh, get into the mix for meaning we had to people had to think of us as potential directors for these jobs then we had to pitch on them convince people to hire us then we had to work on the creative adjust the scripts adjust everything to make sense for the actors for the location for everything uh, you know it's a, it's a very involved job and then we had to shoot we had to prepare we had to shoot and we had to go through post-production uh, and now my spot has come out your spot is coming out in march and we can talk a little bit about kind of the things Boy, that I, I did wait. and the things can't that you're planning wait. on doing. Yeah, 100%. Um, so uh, starting with hearing about the job. Yeah. That's step one. Just just even being in the loop enough to know that it's happening uh, is tricky, you know, and I think is something that uh, evolves over time. Yeah, and I think your story for your spot is probably more interesting than mine because mine mine is really quick. I, you know, I'm signed with a production company, Great Guns, last year and I had done one job with them serve pro in May mm-hmm. and then we pitched on a couple on a couple other jobs and we didn't get them and then this one I was in New York working on another job that I got through some other company and they were like hey uh, Orrin do you have some time to get on the phone with these two creatives 
uh, to talk about this potential PSA. Uh, and it was like right in the middle of my shoot. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I'll be in a hotel, you know, for a couple hours at this time. Let's do it. And, and that's it. So it came kind of a, a semi fairly traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mine honestly actually isn't that for far from, from that. The main difference being that the producer who reached out to me, you know, we had tried to work together for a few other jobs. He had found my stuff online basically and knew that I had like a decent track record with a handful of great celebrities and um, was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this comedy spot? And I was like, yeah, sure. How did he find your stuff online? Do you know? You know, I had asked him maybe once or twice. And he's just like research. I think he honestly doesn't remember. Yeah, they all surprisingly that that's the most common like answer Instagram I get. video shots. Yeah, Facebook something like that. Maybe somebody said, "Oh, Matt's work is good." Right. Any any combination of that list is valid, though. And certainly, I think all we have both found work through all of those avenues yeah do you ever post on linkedin you post on linkedin i right? literally just started like a couple weeks yeah. ago because yeah. that's where all the agency ad agency folks are but mm-hmm. i never really did anything there um but yeah it, so I, I cannot stress enough how important it is to have a website with your work if you're rep by a production company to make sure they obviously have you on their company with your best spots um but if you're not just posting on facebook instagram linkedin mm-hmm. Uh, your work whenever you make something new post about it and write why you're excited about it Uh, because that's like literally if your only friends on Instagram are the people from your town in the suburbs Mm -hmm. of Michigan it will eventually somehow get to someone that can hire you for a job posting and and then once you have the post that's not all you need right then you need someone to say oh you know I have a video thing what about this person Mm -hmm. Matt Enloe Mm -hmm. then they need somewhere to go to see your bio mm-hmm. and see some other work samples follow through on it yeah that's and, and you know once you get famous if you're like a mike mills or a scorsese or even a paul briganti you don't necessarily need a website because people know what your flavor is and then they will hire you for that uh and i think maybe your reps are doing more of that work basically but yeah that's hearing about the job is step one for sure right so then the next part is pitching on the job obviously mm-hmm. so usually Right. Oftentimes in the commercial world, they will choose three directors and three comp- and three companies. Each director is with a company. Uh, but sometimes it can be you are the you own the company. I mean, many, many directors own their own production companies. I'm sure a lot of listeners of ours that are even newer in the business, like hey, they've produced things and directed them. So at some point you get to be on this list, usually of three, sometimes up to five or even 10 people and sometimes as, as little as one or two. But the traditional number is that three directors are going to meet with the people that created the ad campaign, whether it's the company or an ad agency. And we have to convince them why they should pick us over the other two people. And of course, there's the company part and there's uh, the budget part and then there's the creative part. And the thing that I've found, I'm sure you would agree, is the most important by far is the creative part. If you can get them super stoked. Excited about it, yeah. About you and how you're going to do this and the, the passion and cleverness and ingenuity and authenticity you bring to this mm-hmm. specific project, the budget, they'll, they'll find a way to All make that it work. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. F- f- way. I don't know if I told you this, but on this last job, I, I tend to be really execution 
uh, focused. Yeah. I'm like, this well, is how we do be, this. Uh, this is how we do that. The guillotine operator back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I moved to the electric chair, and now it's just all injections. And oh, I'm interest in it. I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, re- just really like, this is how we're going to do this great creative that you put in front of me. Right. Is, is was my my take on this and the and ha- and it, and here's how I'm gonna add to here's it. How, here's my here's spin how I'm gonna on add your to it, idea for sure. But but I wasn't leaning on the spin as much as I should have. And I got off the the call and I'm you know I'm good in the room. I'm good at pitching. You know, I was keeping people in, engaged. And the producer was like, "Hey, you need we need to talk about ideas more. Like you talked, you were too execution oriented." We got back on the phone with the agency to be like, hey, after this conversation, I just got flooded with ideas. I would love to talk to you more about X, Y, and Z. And that was the call that sealed the deal for me, for sure. And was that before the treatment or after the treatment? That was after the treatment. After okay. the treatment. No, well. No, I think it was before, right? No, it was before. It was before. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Because we talked yeah. about this when that happened. Mm-hmm. I talked to you about how uh, usually... Usually there's two parts to pitching on a job. There's hearing about the job and then there's mm-hmm. from from the people whose idea it is. And then you think about it, work on it for a couple of days, and then you come back to them and you say, okay, here's my plan. This is how mm-hmm. I would shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Jordan Brady talks about this on his podcast and a lot of veteran commercial people know this, but a lot of newer people don't realize that that first call, that first time when you hear about the job is just as important and sometimes even more important than when you tell them what your plan is. More important, I would say, yeah. And and that, you know, coming with ideas and coming with your excitement and really being kind of blue sky, but then also diagnosing the things that they're worried about, right? So in this case, the agency had some really cool stuff that we just wouldn't be able to shoot with the amount of time that we had. And they asked me point blank, could we do this? And I threw out a couple different ideas for ways to make it work um, that ultimately didn't even end up in the spots, you know, like the, the creative shifted, but like, oh, here's how I'm problem solving. That's where execution comes in of like, I'm going to bring your creative to life. And yes, you, the, uh, my hands are safe hands and we have a lot of different ways to, to make this work together mm-hmm. was the, the takeaway that they had. Um, yeah, I, I've moved like evolved my pitches to be, to have very little execution Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, in them aside from like a new, if there's a new technique, like, oh, we're gonna do this, this cool effect. I'm gonna show you how, or or I'll reference, Mm -hmm. like, did you guys see that, you know, the Stallone Super Bowl shot, Paramount Plus, where he's hanging on the nose and he gets sneezed off of that. That gave me this idea, you know, of like people sneezing and everyone around them flying all over the place or whatever. And I, and I, I know this amazing stunt person that can like rig this for us, like on our budget, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that execution base, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be like the way we do it is like we put the trusses, we got it, you know, like I wouldn't get into yeah, the, you do. Yeah, yeah. any yeah, of the eyes glaze over for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, more just about the, how cool would it be if we're on set and people are flying with wires all over the house? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I try mm-hmm. to, I'm trying to lead with like excitement and passion and, that's right. and also that's right. kind of throwing away like, yeah, we'll shoot like Alexa or something. And it'll be awesome. We'll do, oh, you need, you need vertical also? Yeah, we'll shoot open gate. We, I've done it a million times before. It'll be right. easy. And I kind of exactly. throw it away and don't yeah, explain yeah. what that don't means. Don't say open gate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say, I'll kind of make it seem like, oh, we all know the technical sure, stuff. But let's talk about the creative stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's let's right. focus. That's right. But um, for my job, since it's out, I can probably be a little more specific. Um, so so my, my job was a PSA with Rebel Wilson. 
where she's, uh, it's about concussion awareness. Rebel Wilson had a concussion a couple years ago, uh, just like slipping on some grass, even though she does all these like action movies and crazy stunts. So the, the premise of my uh, commercial or my PSA is that Rebel Wilson is saying, I don't know why people think I'm so rebellious. I'm perfectly well behaved. Uh, and she, as she's saying this, she, she's walking around an action movie set, like causing all this chaos. And she said, but finally she admits like there actually is one rebellious thing I did, which is when I hit my head, unlike most people, I went to the doctor to get it checked and it, it's good. I did because I had a concussion. So it's basically the, the, the conceit of the spot is rebel Wilson unintentionally being rebellious on this action movie set. Right. Um, and so when I had my first call with the creatives, they had given me the script. It had all these like really funny, um, small, mo- small moments. Like she goes to the craft service table and she switches the habanero sauce with a mild sauce. You know, she picks up a stack of cue cards and rearranges them. Um, and kind of like a little more heady or thinky, thinky mm-hmm. comedy, which I love. Obviously, I feel like you and I have probably like really enjoy that kind of clever yeah, idea. I think stuff. I had pitched um, moving a charcuterie oh, plate yes. to the sun. That was a really good, good one. Yeah. Matt's idea, because I, you know, I called some director friends and some comedy people and tried to riff on some ideas. And yeah, Matt was like, oh, that, that's the most horrible thing you could do is move like the cheese, the cheese plate <laughs> yeah, yeah. into the sun. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, spoiler alert, it didn't make it into the cut, but like everything. But there is a charcuterie board in there. Um, oh, that's good. That's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, 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 you moved from thinky pieces into visual gags well one thing that they had said on that first call which is potentially why i got this job is they said you know originally we were going to have her there's a scene where she picks up someone hands her a mermaid costume and she says i'm just like everyone else i put my pants on one one leg at a time and then she holds up the mermaid costume and she's Mm -hmm. like oh there's only one leg (laughs) which is a really good joke but they were like originally we were going to say fire resistant pants one leg at a time and she puts them on and somebody lights her on fire they're like, but we know like budget and time wise, we only have Rebel Wilson for seven hours. She has to do like an interview with Good Morning America mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Like, there's no way we can get that done. But in my mind, I was like, oh, well, we can't get that done. But if flamethrower is on the table, what if she picks up mm-hmm. a flamethrower and shoots the flame instead of catching on fire? We can do the flame and post. So uh, it started making me think like, ooh, what are these action things? And you, mm-hmm. you and I talked about the charcuterie board. And then our friend Blake was like, what if she takes the knife from the charcuterie board and like throws it across the, you know the set or Mm -hmm. something and so i was like "Ooh, that's awesome and even when i pitched the job i like had my laptop and i like turned you know showed them like the robert rodriguez style whip pan of like Mm -hmm. when you throw a knife and they they i think that that's that stuff really won the job for me yeah that's also is have you you know the taxi driver move it's it's one better than the whip pan no so it's a it's a it's man it's so good it's a, a collapsible knife Mm-hmm. on one side they stab your hand and then you cut to the reverse where the blade is rigged through the hand mm-hmm. so visceral so good man yeah yeah um why is it oh is that how they did it in taxi driver that's how they did it in oh taxi driver. yeah no yeah. That, that's awesome yeah. yeah just like cheap toy knife basically cut to the reverse oh, i mean man, when you can do like, like a robert better. rodriguez or like one of these easy practical gags in a commercial or something it's so fun and you get I people they do it in um Bad taste, the Peter Jackson movie as well. Mm. It's whip pan into like just machete in someone's head. Right. Yeah. And that's when you kind of start getting your creative yeah. like people that you're working with, like thinking like, oh, look at these cool ideas of like something so mm-hmm. effective that's not crazy expensive or out of scope. You know, obviously like a machete in someone's head might be a little off brand yeah. for a PSA about concussion sure. awareness. 
Um, and even that, like in the beginning, I had ideas of like, oh, what if like every you know thing people in the background are getting bunked in the head and stuff. I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like in bad taste. Um, anyway, uh, but that 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 was uh, I think I talked about that pitch actually on this podcast because I mm-hmm. had done like ten jumping jacks and like listen to like some hype music on Spotify right before that pitch yeah. because and when I got the job they told me the reason we chose you is because you were just so insanely mm-hmm. excited about this and yeah well and it's funny because and I think I maybe talked about this as well right at I pitched my job right after you had told that story and I was like, well, I'm not a jumping jacks guy necessarily. Oh, but no, what, neither am what, I. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's sure, the no, whole no, point this, is to the, take yeah, you out just, of no, your Just get excited. Your just normal. Get, get into it. Yeah. But I was like, how can I show them my enthusiasm? And I had done all of these. You wore a non-black shirt. I wore, wore a gray, a lighter yeah, shade yeah. of gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear a lot of Hawaiian no, shirts too. I'm kidding. Um, I had photoshopped all these things. And then the morning of the pitch, I found out that the celebrity that we thought we were all pitching on um had changed yeah um and we were going to somebody new and i talked to the agency afterwards i quickly because i had built all these photoshop files already i like in the 10 minutes between pitching and not because it was a google slides situation i changed the cover slide in particular and came in excited for that person and i found out later they were like oh it really lifted our spirits Right. Because like they had one idea in mind that they'd been talking about for a long time. And now it was a totally new idea. And I embraced that new idea. And pivoted like super and fast. And pivoted and showed them a way that it could be better. Yeah. Even. It's like judo. Yeah. You took the yeah. weight and mm-hmm. just redirected it. I just rolled my shoulder into. A new direction. The new direction of expensive talent. Um, but, but you know, that that was the equivalent of me doing jumping jacks. I was like, okay, let's get into Photoshop. Let's do this really quick. That'll be really fun. That'll show them I'm, I'm going the extra mile right. uh, to make this happen. Yeah. And so with both of our jobs, once we got the jobs, for me it was, like, pretty exciting. The production company I'm with, they, like, they do this thing where they will like get everyone on the phone, like the reps and uh, all the mm-hmm. assistants. Everyone had a production, and they'll call me and they'll be like, "Hey, Orn, uh, about that job? Yeah, we're really sorry to tell you that you better pack your bags because you're going to Los Angeles." <laughs> um, they don't. They, they didn't yeah. say that obviously, but they 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 get hyped, you know, when you get like a good job. Mm-hmm. So I think they called That's me, nice. and then we. Um, you know. I kind of had the opposite where I just got a text that was like, hey, I think you might be the guy. Oh, yeah. But you but get I all those been... and then you don't get right. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I was like, OK, well, f- fingers, fingers crossed. And then slowly it took a long time for them to be like, yes, you are. Right. Because your job right. was contingent on the, the talent yes. attaching. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times with celebrities, this has happened to me multiple times, is they will have an opinion on the director and mm-hmm. many times they want to work with directors that they've worked with before. Well, and also, this is literally happening to me right now. I signed on to a celebrity job, really excited about it, was going to shoot in a week. And then celebrity backed out and they were kind of like, okay, well, this is on hold until we find the new person who's right. Right. And like agencies can get really attached to the idea that, 
you know, if it's not Steve Zahn, then what are we even doing? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I love, um, and love I, a Zahn spot. I do love <laughs> Zahn, Steve Zahn, actually. I would truly be excited. <laughs> um, yeah, and they have no allegiance. You could have worked your butt off to get the job, and you get it, and then the celebrity changes, and then they, yeah. they, they have no allegiance to you. They have, they're kind of starting from square one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. I got a job that you had pitched on and then everything changed. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. You pitched on it and then the whole job totally went away and like literally half the staff at the company changed. Yeah. And then uh, then they just kind of went out to new people. Like, And so it's like you can basically be so close to getting the job mm-hmm. and then one factor changes and you're completely out. So I guess that goes back to your note about writing fast. Like, Yeah, truly. <laughs> Yeah, like I should have repitched on that thing. So, so you've got the job. You got the you job. Got the job. Now you got to figure said, out. Yes, Orin is okay by me. Yeah. Which, by the way, full disclosure, I was not Rebel Wilson's pick. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've told you that before. I don't blame her. Yeah. But uh, I don't know who the. I honestly have no idea who the other two directors were that I was up against. But I think she chose one of the other ones, and the not. I, I think the creative team really liked me, but the client really uh like mm-hmm. like i don't know we had like a good rapport on that second call and they're like we like Oren. he think he seems into this and we are mm-hmm. like excited to work with him so rebel are you okay with us moving with our selection instead and i think at some point she's like yeah whatever she's like, um, fine. yeah i mean good on that team though right and i think the opposite has happened to both of us as well. I think. Oh yeah. I had this, I mean, I, I pitched, I must've spent like a month pitching on this, like Leslie Jones job. And then it changed mm-hmm. to uh Tracy Ellis Ross or something. But anyway, it kept, I kept redoing my pitch, keep doing every, and then at the end, whoever ended up booking it was just like, yeah, I had I, worked with them before. Yeah. I want to work with this other director. And so anyhow, you win some, you lose more <laughs> probably. <laughs> But uh, but when you win them, it's yeah, good. It's, it's a numbers uh, game, yeah. And so uh, so so, how do you figure out the creative then? Right, like things have been shifting. Right. So for for me, it always starts with a location. Like, let's figure out like shoot date, location, mm-hmm. right? Um, because that's going to dictate a lot. Unless you're doing like a stage shoot or green screen or something mm-hmm. like that's going to dictate a lot of like what you had yeah. in the script if if that's going to work. I mean, I think for your yours, which always kind of took place in like a home and a store. Well, yeah, so street, mine was right? yeah, mine was a home store in a street, but um, a grocery store in particular. Grocery stores are tricky because yeah, um, it's hard to shut them down. It's hard to shut them down, and if they're uh, a Kroger, Ralph's, any of those big conglomerate ones, they're especially complicated. Yeah. Also, by the way, anywhere you point your camera is like a bazillion trademark logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so not, potentially not to are too... competing with what you're marketing. It was that, that this job was big, um, but I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars we spent on making a grocery store look like a grocery store. So as a result, everything had to be reskinned. So we, we literally, we, we bought, I don't know how much food and like repackaged everything, like redesigned everything. Right. We have a your spot is kind of about packaging. Yeah. It's about packaging. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and so did. Did that creative change? Like, was that that was that was the thing that was locked in first and foremost, and so everything else kind of had to revolve around that. So the house that we needed to shoot at 
needed to be convenient to the grocery store because we're, it was two spots each day for two days. So four spots total, but like we knew we had a company move. If the company move was too far away, then we're burning time. Again, celebrity talent, they're on the clock. So like yeah. every So this is the point you're where spending, you're starting to actually figure out if production makes sense for the insane ideas you're pitching. Right, right, exactly, yeah. And uh, luckily, you're able to talk to the agency in this case, I was able to really collaborate with the agency and they were production savvy enough to understand why I was saying the things I was saying or pitching the things. And it was a very open dialogue back and forth of how to make this work and how to pitch things that that made sense for the production. Right. And I remember you used to have like a best uh, uh, used to have a bicycle scene um, mm-hmm. where your talent's riding on a bike and it's in the final thing. You didn't have that. So were there a lot of things like that where you had kind of a. a a setup for a context, you know, mm-hmm. for your character, and then you ended up changing it because of either who you booked or how it would, the complications yeah. of shooting it. Yeah. So uh, the that was the main thing that changed actually, and it was because the original idea was much more theatrical, and so rather than literally having someone riding a bicycle, I was I'd pitched like uh, something that felt like a uh, poor man's process or. Um, you know, a uh, green screen or kind of actually not unlike the the gag that's the opening shot of your um, Rebel Wilson spot where it's like it's clear that we are on a green screen and that's kind of the joke, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the talent changed, the theatricality sort of went away and it, it became much more cut and dry in a different tone. Kind of like grounded vibe. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's still heightened, but kind of ground like heightened in, in a different direction. Right, exactly. Yeah, more personality driven than like, right, musical right. driven. Because uh, you know the big picture, the reason that a brand is hiring a celebrity is not because they're necessarily incredibly better than if you had just found a nice, like, very good SAG actor who's just not famous. It's that you're adding their persona on top of it. So it's yeah. like you're oh, borrowing up from their IP of their who right. they are. Right, exactly. So, like, how would they say this, or how, you know, does this make sense in their mouths? Like, and the the star becomes the beacon from which the north star, from which everything kind of emanates out. So, like, the color palette, everything is is based off of what celebrity you're working with. Right, and you're also studying like everything you've ever seen: their movies, their mm-hmm. shows, mm-hmm. their commercials, their interviews, sure. and you're trying to say write your dialogue in a way that they would say it right mm-hmm. um yeah 100 percent. because it's the, yeah that's the value that they're bringing is them um you know like there's this probably my favorite super bowl spot was this adam driver squarespace one did you mm-hmm. see that one mm-hmm. it's great a website yeah. for making websites um yeah. it's on nobody else's top super bowl <laughs> list other than mine but i just oh is that true no i thought it was great i i just um loved it, it was kind of simple and cool vfx uh but, you know, Adam Driver has gotten a, like, serious brooding thing. So when he's doing this, like, very serious stuff that's kind of, like, hilarious but also serious, you get, like, mm-hmm. a really nice juxtaposition. and Tongue-in-cheek sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. So with, with uh, my shoot, you know, basically I pitched a bunch. The, the, it came with a bunch of funny gags built into it. Um, mm-hmm. I had pitched a bunch of additional funny gags. And then we sent it to Rebel and mm-hmm. she nixed two of our gags. I had this thing where she like lets this tarantula out of a uh, out of a mm-hmm. crate, like on the props table. 
Um, and then I had like some kind of crazy big stunt at the end. Were you yeah. going to do the tarantula practically or? Um, yeah. Yeah. But part yeah. of the idea it's of, the, of yeah. the tarantula w- was that we could shoot it without her. Because we, we just knew we, mm-hmm. we had her for mm-hmm. so limited time. We could just have the cage there and then we cut to like mm-hmm. an insert. And then right. I, I love right. the idea that this tarantula crawls out of this cage. And then at the end, I was going to have her do this like a crazy like 30 foot jump off a building onto one of those like inflatable pads. And mm-hmm. at the end, the tarantula is like crawling towards her as we like yeah. fade out, you know. A home alone shot. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up, she didn't, I, I don't know. I never quite understood why she didn't like the tarantula. Um, but we replaced it with this knife throw, this charcuterie board knife uh, throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the end, we just, we just didn't have time. And th- there were some other issues with like the fall. So we ended up with this like jetpack idea. Um, I was going to say a fall, it, the fall is your bicycle where it's just like, boy, there's a lot of time. To mm. to you know, a fall takes a good couple hours. I've never done one. Yeah, and you need everything a stunt I know double. about it. Every, anytime I've worked with stunts, it's just you know you ha- you have to take the time to do it safely. Yeah, you know? actually, shout out to our previous guest, Sambo Steve, Steve Kupfer, who uh, I when I got this when I was pitching on this job, I called him and I was like, hey, how much does this cost? Is this like mm-hmm. uh, two thousand dollar? Twenty thousand dollar or two hundred thousand dollar sure yeah, thing yeah. to do it safely with a SAG actor like on a you know back lot like to do it the legit way that a movie would do mm-hmm. it. Um, and he was super helpful and he's like, oh, I think we got like ten grand. We got this, a rigger, this. Mm-hmm. Like he r- was super helpful and he even like connected me with the stunt coordinator. But when that yeah stunt got cut, um, we ended up uh, and just to clarify, you weren't looking for a quote. You just need to know the ballpark, right? Like sometimes we're decoupled from knowing how much things cost you mm-hmm. know and so if you say hey i want to do this fall or hey i need a techno crane for this or whatever knowing if you're asking for a thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars is important because um yes and i already knew yeah. remember this is coming off of them saying we wanted to do this flamethrower on fire shot but we knew that we didn't have the time or money for it right so i didn't want to yeah, be exactly. pitching new ideas that were as expensive mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but anyway so we changed those things and then in the end literally one of the last minute things is one of the uh, agency guys i was working with uh, max and vince they were like when she throws the knife i originally just had to hit a sign that said like props or something uh they're like what if it hits like a crate of pipe they had all these insane ideas what if she walks mm-hmm. through uh these two guys are carrying a plate of glass and she walks through it and it shatters or and yeah 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 and i feel like you could have done the props thing plusing it of like she throws it and then it knocks something over that destroys like an intricate prop yeah that, like, we had that was on our on. list i even and showed them like, a sample yeah and the yeah, guy yeah. that has like a tower of like ten thousand dominoes yeah. on top of each other yeah, yeah yeah i was or you do the the champagne fountain yeah so i had yeah. that i actually have like all these and <laughs> gifts of all these different intricate things that can mm-hmm. be destroyed but then they were like what if it's it just hits a crate of pythons <laughs> and it says do not you know like warning mm-hmm. or whatever i was like okay and then yeah and i guess that crate opens and then maybe pythons escape and maybe i get my tarantula moment at the end except now it's a python so yeah. that's kind of what we ended up Which with is, uh, you know maybe a little funnier honestly yeah definitely like you said the tarantula is like very home alone and the the champagne flutes is very like mm-hmm. mel brooks like or busby berkeley you know i don't know like the other yeah. thing is i wanted every gag to fit feel like it would made sense the, for an action movie right. behind the scenes and because 
we wanted to shoot, I wanted to shoot in a New York street to do like kind of a spider, you know, like a, mm-hmm. like a born identity kind of um, mm-hmm. action movie type of deal or like just kind of New York streets, city streets. Yeah. And we couldn't, none of them were available. Everyone, Paramount, Fox, Everything uh, Universal, yeah. they all have them, but they were all booked. So <laughs> we got a European street in Uni- at Universal, which is where mm-hmm. they shoot the good place. And then I kind of just nudged the whole idea to be more like um, the Italian job, you know? So we got like mm-hmm. a Mini Cooper to park on the street and we got like mm-hmm. statues mm-hmm. and things for extras to carry around in the background. And, that, yeah. and that's why I was actually ended up being excited about it. But I had, I had a tech, all these techno crane shots and they were like, just so you know, moving that thing on these cobblestone roads is going to be really hard. Oh, yeah. So we kind of changed it. I changed my whole shot list to like steady cams. Steady stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is maybe better anyway. And there there was another part, sorry, one last creative part that we changed a lot was there was a part where she just talks about concussions and how 50% of people um, that get concussions don't go to the doctor. And there all, all this stuff in text on the screen that we ended up cutting. But to one way to make it not boring was I was like, instead of her just standing there saying that, can we just put her on a golf cart driving and mm-hmm. talking? And so I, I kind of, that was another big thing. It was just adding this golf cart scene. And I knew that a shot shooting someone driving takes a while, but we ended up just doing it honestly with like without tracking her because we just have her yelling from the golf cart as she's driving yeah, towards there, us. There you go. Then you're fine. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it really just helped add movement mm-hmm. to a, the, the main part of the PSA that, normally you would just have someone standing there and saying, um, and I felt like we had so much movement before and after that, that I didn't want her to just stop still. So, so those are kind of big. I'm really glad you brought that up though, because I think that's the thing that I overlooked. You know, I've seen that spot a couple of times and we've talked about it for weeks. Hundreds of years. Um, And I wouldn't have um, thought of why you did that. You know, I would have assumed that that was just part of the creative Uh, and it's great. And it's funny to think about how, a golf cart is logistically so much easier than a bike. Oh yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah, way easier. <laughs> way easier, even though it's like, oh, you're adding a motor and this and that. Yeah. Did you had to? Well, you had a stunt coordinator for the whole thing anyway. So yeah, but she, I was like, are you originally? I was gonna have like a a page or someone like a studio mm-hmm. backlot person driving her, even though I wanted her to drive. But we had so little access. I only got to talk to Rebel one time before the shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like part of working with celebrities is you're like, a lot of times you're prepped with backup ideas because if, in case they don't like something. So I was going to have her, someone else drive her. And I had this idea that it says like reserved for Meryl Streep and for Meryl. And then she like takes the sign and throws mm-hmm. it off. But everyone's like, ah, we don't, we don't want to get in trouble with that. So yeah. But well, I, yeah. And the part of that also, it's like no one's Meryl Streep can't be like, well, I know you're referencing me and you're in trouble for it. But um, moving into interfacing with celebrity talent, the notes oftentimes are like, I don't want to look like a jerk. I don't want to put someone down. I don't want to be violent. Mm -hmm. I want to be positive even though... I'm causing chaos. I'm causing chaos, right? And and, uh, similarly, like my spot is way less chaotic and, and much more positive, but like anything that seemed like you were putting someone down or something Mm -hmm. was out immediately. Yeah. And that's a celebrity thing because normal actors, Mm -hmm. they'll be like, Oh, that'd be so funny if I like push that person Mm -hmm. off the cliff, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But a celebrity will be like, yeah, should we add a kitten too? I'll kick it. Yeah. 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 So what we ended up changing it out to, and I think we might've come up with it on the day was we just put like four coffees in like a coffee tray and she just like tosses them off the golf cart. 
and then you know we hear someone getting burned by them in the background Ah! hey we talked about so many things in this episode so far matt that uh hopefully are helpful uh, please let us know at justshootapod at gmail.com um, but we thought we instead of cutting out half the episode let's make this a two-parter so you just listen to the first part you're welcome everyone our <laughs> whole afternoon was sunk into this episode but i think it's pretty great yeah uh and then we're gonna have the second part where we talk about uh the shoot and post and the release of whatever you make and i think there's some really good nuggets there so stay tuned for part two coming out next week uh and that's it Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.